0: everybody welcome to Beach Theory today's episode is going to be very very fun do you know what we're going to talk about today I actually
1: don't know what we're going to talk about
0: okay we are going to talk about my mission we're season two and now we're talking about my mission okay so the last episode we talked about uh the MTC okay and how crazy that was
1: and if you didn't listen to that episode Michael went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and he Um, Did service for two years. He even had to pay to do it. So it's it's something that You have to to be in the right like headspace to do it. You can't just go and have fun. It's like it's work and it's thrilling and it's an adventure and you don't know where you're gonna get called and he ended up getting called to Salt Lake City South Mission.
0: That's right. From Florida. It was middle of June 2006
1: and that was an interesting thing because he um, the headquarters of the church are in Salt Lake City. So getting a mission call to Salt Lake City is very weird to a lot of church members. <laughs> Cause they're like, um, you went where? <laughs> like from Provo to Salt Lake, which is like, you didn't even leave the state. But most of the time, the people that serve in Utah are from out of the state.
0: Yeah, every missionary in my mission was not from Utah.
1: Except for people who are like in the state might have like disability or something so they go to work at either temple square or the MTC sometimes so I guess there's some exceptions but mostly it's from people who are not from Utah at all.
0: That's right and I wanted to go foreign I wanted to go to Thailand I, and it, I was like if Thailand I don't go to Thailand. that's fine I maybe at least want to go to Asia I think that'd be cool maybe Africa you know I wasn't really interested in South America but I got called the Salt Lake City South. <laughs> Um, so in the last episode, I talked about going to the missionary training center and learning about how to be a missionary, how to teach the gospel. You know why you got called? Why?
1: You got called to Salt Lake City because Heavenly Father knew you were going to marry me. And he knew that you needed to be used to Utah already. (laughs) That's right. Because I was going to be enough getting used to by myself.
0: I agree with that. (laughs) So, yeah, it was definitely a different world, different culture, right? Like, so I went from Florida where I was raised and I was in the MTC for three weeks, which really is just a whole bunch of missionaries learning how to teach the gospel. Even though it was in Provo, Utah, I didn't really feel like I was in Utah because I wasn't living in society. And then we literally took a bus from the MTC to my mission uh, office, which was in Sandy, Utah. And then my first area that I was called to uh, serve in was Kearns, Utah. And I was in Kearns, Utah. Which was a
1: huge upgrade from Florida. Kearns (laughs) (laughs)
0: Kearns <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody always joked that Kearns oh. was like the armpit of Utah, the ghetto of Utah, <laughs>
1: and it really is though. And,
0: and relative to other cities in Utah, sure,
1: isn't it close to West Valley, or is it's it? It's West- right
0: next door to West okay, Valley, yeah. Which West is also West Valley
1: is also called the armpit of Utah, so that makes sense. The They're ghetto right next door to each other. Right?
0: But I grew up in Florida, so and- but growing up in Florida and seeing what the real life ghetto looks like. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of big cities in the world, LA and Chicago, like New York. There's a lot of cities in the world that have some very sketchy places and Kearns, Utah was not one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, but compared to the rest of Utah, it was.
0: Right, and so...
1: Because Utah's amazing.
0: Utah's a fantastic state.
1: It's very safe and it's very... It
0: took Clean me years and <laughs> to, and beautiful. to appreciate Utah very long time to get used to it. Now but, he's
1: too stuck he loves it so much.
0: But there's places in Kearns that people that are native to Utah would be like oh I'd never go on that street. That's so scary and sketchy. <sighs> and as a missionary I'm like fr- coming from Florida I'm like this isn't scary at all.
1: Did you have other missionaries that were like nervous around? No,
0: because nobody was from Utah. We all knew what the real ghetto looked like. <laughs> and it was not Kearns.
1: <laughs> That's why they have to get people outside of Utah to come to Utah. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be like, I'm not going there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or because then their girlfriend will come visit them all the time. Uh,
1: that's the other thing and their family. So <laughs> Speaking I guess of a girlfriend point.
0: to come visit them all the time. This is actually a really funny story and applicable to my first area.
1: Did we not tell this story already? I don't
0: think so. Well,
1: if we did, then you so get to So the, the girl on
0: my mission that I, or the girl that I had dated as a teenager before my mission, we dated for two years. Um, as like, as soon as I'd been out on my mission for maybe a uh, couple of months. So I was just new out on my mission. Uh, I got a letter from her basically saying-
1: They call it a dear John. <laughs>
0: that she was gonna be dating somebody else now. And and uh, he was a missionary serving in Florida. So she met him while he was on his mission in Florida. And they got-
1: Which is scandalous by the way.
0: Yes. <laughs> anyway- Because
1: missionaries are not supposed to like-
0: Be interested. Any,
1: be, they're really supposed to be focusing on the work, on the the being a missionary and like- Teaching spreading the gospel. The gospel. And so like to right. to fall in love on your mission is kind of frowned upon. I've heard of a lot of people mm-hmm. that have done it though and they have ended up with wonderful marriages and a wonderful life. Like it's not like it will ruin somebody's life or anything. Right. but But it is like oh. You did that on your mission.
0: <laughs> you, you fell you in love what? on your mission.
1: Yeah. Yeah so.
0: so anyway so but he was from Utah. And you can
1: get kicked off your mission.
0: And I think he did. Oh. But he was from Utah and so they fell in love and she actually moved to Utah and ended up getting married to him um, and living within the boundaries of my mission. So my Isn't old girlfriend that, that I had dated as a teenager moved and was living oh, in my wow. mission boundaries.
1: <laughs> it's a small world, I, I tell you.
0: And I told all the missionaries, all my buddies, all my missionary friends about it because it was like this crazy thing that was happening.
1: You're like no, um, How soon after did she move to Utah after she dear John to you?
0: <sighs> Probably within a couple of months. <laughs> and I, so I told all my companions about it and we all kind of had our whoa kind of experience. And then what was really crazy is even about a year into my mission. Uh, some of the missionaries that I had served within the MTC met her. They saw her. And uh, me they the got pictures. a picture with her. <laughs> and You're then like, they showed hey, me the picture. <laughs> <look at this. laughs> uh, and I was just like, oh my gosh.
1: You, I've the, seen that picture. She yeah. was smiling
0: really big. and They were all having a good old time. I'm pretty sure she was like this with her wedding ring. Like, <laughs> uh, kind of a thing.
1: It's like, wow. Good thing you were over it by that, that was, point, or that would have hurt so bad.
0: Well, when I first got the Dear John of her. breaking up with me essentially I was in my first area in Kearns and when I first got the letter um, it really made me feel really sad Mm -hmm. Uh, but I guess in a way it was not unexpected because she had broken up with me before Mm -hmm. remember and I talked about this in a previous episode of the podcast where We'd been dating for like a year and a half and she broke up with me and it was really, really hard for me. Yeah, And I went through this whole grieving thing. So when it happened again on my mission, I felt all those feelings of grief and sadness coming back. And I was like, oh no, I'm feeling it all again. And it really sucked. And I remember it took me a week to get over it last time. Mm. So, I, <coughs> sorry, I just, I knelt down and I prayed very earnestly that I would be able to focus on my missionary work and get over it quickly. And within the hour, I felt better, hundred percent. Like, li- I'm not even exaggerating, I felt one hundred percent. Like, your I spirit knew care. you
1: were you were gonna marry me. That's what.
0: <coughs> That's right. Oh, thank you. So, oh, it's almost gone.
1: I know. Oh, it's interesting to hear all these stories, and all I think about is, you know, we all go through life with going down different paths that we're like, I don't know if this is going to be the right thing. I don't know if I'm making good choices. Like, it's so scary. It's like you're walking blindly. Right. Just hoping that, like, your life will turn out good, right? And that maybe you'll have made the right decisions and that things will be for your benefit. And it's just so interesting to me to think about how you were on your mission and you had been dating somebody else. And, like, before that, you made all these mistakes. And, like, it's... It's perfect how your life went. Totally. It's perfect how my life went in our imperfectness
0: Yeah.
1: to lead up to when we met each other. It was all like pieces to a puzzle, just fitting together perfectly without our knowledge of it. And I mean, I'm blown away. Any little choice could have spiraled us away from each other in a different direction. You know, like totally. You you on a whim decided to come to Utah, you know, like on a whim, well, you decided to do this after, and this, right. you know, like like there's so much that could have gone in a very, very different path. And I'm just like so I feel so much peace for my life now looking back and like I'm so grateful just to think it could have all gone away. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that we have right now, who, like, I don't even know where I would be if I wasn't, like, praying along the way and asking what I should do. Because I feel like because I did that, I really truly believe that because I prayed throughout all the big decisions of my life and a, a lot of the small ones too, like, it just led me to exactly where I am right now. And I know for a fact I would not be here if it weren't for that. It's just incredible to me because there has to be, from my life experience, from everything I know, there has to be godly intervention in my life and in your life. Because things just lined up absolutely as they were supposed to. And it was meant to be. And I couldn't have done that. It wasn't, it wasn't my doing at all. You know, like, it was just me asking what I should do and being getting little feelings here and there. And I just made what I feel like was the right decisions in each of those times. And they all added up to be exactly what needed to happen and could not have happened any other way than through the way that I did it, you know?
0: Totally. Yeah. Amen. Thanks. (laughs) Um, <clears throat> yeah, if I hadn't served my mission, I don't think we would have ever even met because of the way the dominoes fall.
1: Yeah, but he's like, trust me, you don't want to go to Thailand. You need to marry this girl.
0: <laughs> no, it was it was the right thing. It was the right place for sure. And so, but I was a scared. I was very scared. I remember my first area.
1: Can you imagine how much more scared afraid. you would have been if you were in a different language?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was ambitious, but I didn't realize what I was (laughs) trying to bite off. (laughs) I I just remember being terrified Mm -hmm. of talking to people. Yeah. And mostly because I just didn't know what to say. It Mm -hmm. was like, how do you put yourself in front of somebody and you are the authority and you're just a kid and this is an adult? Like, I didn't know... How like how to answer people's questions or where to find answers in the scriptures. Like it was so scary. And I remember my trainer, um, he was trying to get me out of my comfort zone as he should. Um, and I remember him trying to get me to knock on the first door and talk to this person. And I just didn't want to do it. Like I remember being like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. It's too scary. <laughs> You're like,
1: I signed up for this, but I didn't sign up for this. Right. <laughs> I don't want to do that.
0: I was like, I need to see you do it first. Oh,
1: I would have, I would have said the same thing. Like, please, can you do it first just so I can like see right. how to even, how you even do it. And then I'll just try and make a mental note and do myself. After. And I
0: think a lot of missionaries, uh, as they get more experienced, they forget that fear and it almost becomes a joke to try to make the new missionary have to do the scary hard thing. It's almost like, it's almost, teasing in, in a like way like, right like okay you're brand new right out of the MTC instead of showing you the right way I'm gonna push you in the deep end that
1: just sounds like such a 19 year old thing to happen
0: though.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean like it's right. not like we're being <laughs> at 19 I don't think anybody's really like super conscious of that type of a thing they're just kind of like jump head in right <laughs> just I, jump, um, jump right in if you die are... you die
0: A lot of these guys are fresh out of high school, yeah. you know, and they were maybe like the popular kids in school and they just bring a lot of that popularity contest. You know, I got my group of buddies mentality into the mission field and playing practical jokes, being, being a jerk, being a punk, right. That's just still part of the lifestyle Mm. and they haven't really matured and grown out of that phase. Um, And so while they're in a position of leadership and they should respect that, that, position of authority or power or whatever a lot of them abuse it and Mm -hmm. misuse it to make people look bad or make people feel bad right like
1: now I'm looking at I'm like wow they're so young like missionaries are so they're like babies now they are but I feel like I still feel like I'm 19 but I'm not 19 I'm 30
0: (laughs) and then when you meet a 19 year old you're like nope I'm 30 I'm 30 (laughs) I feel
1: like I'm 19 nope nope I'm
0: 30. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's how I feel anyway. Yeah. Um, but I know that he had his, I, I, I feel like looking back, I'm like, no, he had, he had genuinely good interests. He yeah. was trying to help me get out of my comfort zone and do a hard thing. Um, and he actually did help a lot. Like those first doors when I was too scared to knock, he would do it. You know and 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 he did a lot of hand holding for me it's kind of helped me. Okay what did a missionary do during the day?
1: Knock on doors with people they don't know to try and share the gospel.
0: Well we'd wake up at six We'd do personal study from 8 to 9. Okay and then companionship study from 9 to 10. Mm-hmm. And then we would go out and work from 10 to noon.
1: Knocking on doors.
0: Knocking on doors teaching lessons if we doing had service. appointments doing service whatever. Doing um, two
1: like <laughs> young handsome Missionaries in suits show up to like rake your lawn or something. If
0: we had a, um, let let us focus on our work. Thank you. Um, Sorry, cut that part out. I try not to have instances of having to cut stuff out.
1: Anything else you need to say while we still have a cut?
0: Um, Just please don't interrupt. What are you reading?
1: I thought Dad said you were supposed to read Chronicles of Narnia. That is
0: Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. All right, oh. you guys, if you guys are gonna be in here, you got to be quiet. Don't talk to us, please. We're trying to get this video done. Thank you. Okay. Stay that, stay that way. Where was I? Oh, so then at noon we have lunch. Oh, what I was gonna say is if we have like a scheduled service project, we didn't have to dress in our suit, oh, okay. suit and tie. We could dress up in our street clothes to go to okay. our but appointment. But if you like saw service. an old
1: lady trying to haul in <laughs> groceries. Oh yeah, we'd stop there. Or like help. if you saw, we, yeah, okay.
0: There was a couple times where we'd see people working out in the yard and we'd be like, Hey, can we give you a hand? You know it's just the default re- reaction you know because we want to help people and yeah most of the time they'd be like no you're all dressed up fancy and i'd always say these are our work clothes because <laughs> that's what we wore that's, all day yeah, every day these are yeah. our work clothes so i didn't ever feel bad getting dirty yeah um because honestly by the end of my mission i was way more comfortable wearing shirt button-up shirt and a tie than regular clothes were like super uncomfortable for yeah me. but that's besides the point anyway From 12 to one, we'd have lunch. Usually I ended up taking a nap because I was exhausted. Um, And then from one to four, we would go work again. Four to five was dinner. And then five to nine, we would teach lessons again. Mm -hmm. That was our day every day. Um, And then at at nine, we'd come home, we'd have our planning meeting and then we'd- Like what if we just
1: tried to do the same thing? except in exchange like teaching the gospel for okay now we're going to work you know like now we're going to work on videos like what if we got up the same time went to bed at the same time like tried to do all the things a missionary did what do you think our life would
0: I'd change? be willing to do that
1: so get up at what time Six thirty. get to bed at what time Ten thirty. that's already so hard But I would try.
0: (laughs) Hey, it was harder than my entire mission every day for two years. It was hard to do that schedule (gasps) Uh and going to bed at 1030 was not hard. I was exhausted. But getting up at 630 was a constant struggle that I never mastered. Yeah, I just never got good at it.
1: Yeah,
0: just hard. I'm not good at getting up early and I was so exhausted every day on my mission.
1: If you well, if you what days did you how long did you sleep in? on days that you did sleep in, like when did you, what I was
0: always up in time for personal study at eight o'clock. Okay. Always. So
1: if we got to bed at 10 and got up at eight, that would still be better than what we're doing right now. I've been getting up at (laughs) eight. You
0: might not be, (laughs) but I am. Good job. You're amazing. Uh, And I usually don't give Uh, myself an hour lunch break like I did on my mission.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm like 15 minutes back
0: to back to work.
1: Yeah. Well, that shows what maturity will do
0: make you work harder
1: yeah just like you're like okay I like I value the work I'm like I I see how it can help me I'm gonna go take care of it even though I could just squander my time and do whatever I want you know right
0: so um after the first couple of weeks and and when we would teach our first my first lessons um he would my companion my trainer would only give me a little bit to teach. Like I would only have to teach one principal and he'd do most of the work to kind of ease me into it. And so I remember those first lessons being very much like I almost had memorized what I was going to say beforehand Mm. because it was the only way that I could handle it without freaking out because Mm -hmm. it was so uncomfortable for me. Um, and then I got better. I got better really quickly. I remember it wasn't long before I was perfectly comfortable teaching lessons. Um, and and being able to on the on the whim just like be able to change I don't remember taking very long to get better but I do remember when I was first starting especially that I had a really hard time with criticism yeah so if the lesson was over and I did my best and after the lesson was over my trainer said hey elder beach you did a great job on this or that Um, but on this area maybe I would do this differently or maybe use this scripture instead or you know did you notice that they asked this question maybe you didn't answer it very well kind of a thing anytime I got any critique even though it was well-meaning it it like crushed me to my whole core Mm. like I had a really really hard time that
1: makes me wonder like I think well that came from your childhood you were like that in your childhood too, but like nobody called you out on it or or it was all like from your parents getting instruction from your parents so it was hard for you to like take criticism from them but then I think it was also hard to take criticism from anybody and you just didn't have a lot of practice with it outside of your family so then when you went to your mission that was like it
0: mm-hmm. and I think the hardest part was I'm doing my best and to feel like that's not good enough was, oh, yeah. was it shut me down. I was like, well, I just don't want to teach then." You know, mm. I don't, I'll let you do it next time because obviously I'm not good enough kind of attitude or, or my attitude was like, I know that I'm not perfect. Don't, you don't have to point it out and make me feel bad for it. Mm. Even though they weren't trying to make me feel bad. I took it that way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I had to learn how to take criticism in a healthy way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, to where, uh, uh, like I said, I got better throughout my mission and I got better at taking criticism to where by the end of my mission, I was like, I would sit up in front of the zone leaders or the missionaries and I would do a role play teaching a lesson and then they'd be like, okay, anybody have some critique, you know, for Elder Beach? And I'd be like, come on guys, give me some critique. Anybody, you gotta gotta help me out because I'm at this plateau, I'm at this peak where I don't think I can get any better. (laughs) And everyone's like, you nailed it. You aced it. Great job! Like everybody was. But do you
1: feel so confident saying that type of thing when you are when you know you're not very good at it, or are you just like bring it?
0: Um, I I've gotten better at <laughs> taking it and not taking it personal.
1: Yeah, well, that's I think the the big challenge. So
0: it felt like an attack on me, yeah, personally. That that's a huge that was hurtful,
1: huge life lesson, and I feel like I learned that when I was in college, right after we were married with James, he was born, he was like a few months old. And I went back to school, I went just for one class and it was um, digital photography. And I actually skipped the prerequisite to it that was film photography. So everybody else knew a lot more about photography than I did, but I was really good at it. And I showed my teacher that we had actually been doing photo shoots. To be able to get into that class and she's like oh you can skip you can skip the film photography and just come in and learn from here and I was like okay but (laughs) during that class it was like my favorite class I loved that class and one of the things and actually most of what the class was was teaching you know all the different settings on a camera but then it was also teaching constructive criticism and how like (laughs) it was horrible and it was so good at the same time because they would have uh, a word they would give a word every single day a new word I remember like lugubrious was this crazy word that they use and it meant like sorrow or mourning or something
0: exaggerated
1: exaggerated sorrow or mourning or like um luxurious I remember them doing luxurious and like Everybody in the class, it was just a bunch of kids and the teacher. And we would all be like, okay, what are we going to, what word are we going to use? And everybody would shout out a bunch of words until the teacher was like, okay, let's do this one. And then she'd write it down on the board. And she said, everybody go. She said we were supposed to take a thousand pictures per word. And I was like, no,
0: (laughs) I did not do that. I was like, there's
1: no way I'm going to do that. And like keep all those pictures and sort through all those pictures. Plus I had already done photography. So I felt like I could, I could like, filter through as I went a little bit better because I had the experience of editing them afterwards and sorting through them afterwards which is a big deal. Right. So anyways I only ever took like I think a hundred or two (laughs) per picture. That's all you needed. But like then we would take the picture and I would have to go edit the picture and then we would bring it to in front of the teacher And in front of the whole class, we would stand up next to our picture and they would tell us what we liked about it, what they liked about it, and what they hated about it. And some of those were so painful. (laughs) Like, especially if it was something that we didn't notice about our own picture, but that we loved the picture. And then they were like, it looks like, I remember I took a a picture of Jessica, it was a musical. Thing and she had her fingers on an oboe and it made it look like she only had three fingers. She, it was like this or something. And everybody's like, she looks dumb. She looks horrible. Why did you pick that picture? Blah, blah, blah. There's, there's like something. And I was like, oh, it hurts so bad. I still remember every critique. But then on the flip side, it was like, if I was good at it, it just blew me away how they were like, this looks perfect. And I would be like, I guess it gave me a gauge to know If I was, if I was actually good or not with the things I was working on. Cause then I was like, not afraid to hear. What are you looking up?
0: I'm looking up a scripture that helped me overcome criticism and handle criticism. Yeah. Keep telling your story though. So
1: anyways, there were some that I was really good at like, um, exquisite. Exquisite was when I did... I took a picture of somebody holding a chocolate-covered strawberry on a really fancy plate. And I was like, I don't know if this is exquisite enough. And, and the whole class was like, Wow! That's amazing! They were like blown away. And so... And, and I didn't know if they were gonna like it. Like I was being extra hard on myself because I was afraid of the critique. And then I was like, whoa, that was really good. And then the other ones when I was like, that's... This is gonna be so good. They were like, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard. But I've learned to try and self critique myself since then with all my YouTube videos or like with everything that I'm doing. And I think it's really, really helpful to be able to do that. It's a hard life lesson, but I think it's really, really good one to learn. Did you find it?
0: No. Oh. oh This is in Proverbs thirteen eighteen. Poverty and shame shall be to him that inst- refuseth instruction but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. I like it. I just, I remember specifically, I was in a, I was in a district meeting with one of my leaders and he was giving me instruction. And I think he could tell that I was having a hard time taking the critique. And he pulled, he pulled up a scripture that basically said, um, a wicked man. Ref- refuses refuseth to be reproved or instructed, but an honorable wise man will take it. And I was like, Oh, whoa! Like I always I felt, be a
1: wise man. <laughs> I
0: always felt like I was just being picked on.
1: Yeah.
0: But but he was teaching me like, no, this is good. Yeah. Like if you are a if you are upright, honorable, righteous person trying to improve, mm-hmm. you will take this criticism and you will be thankful for it. Yeah. And I was just like, like my mind blew. And I was like, whoa, it just changed everything for me. And from then on, I was like, give it to me. Like, give me the, give me it to me. I want to get better. I want to improve. And and it yeah. no longer was painful to me because I knew that it was for ultimately going to make me stronger and better for it. Yeah. And I just, I loved that.
1: Well, I think that's what also what YouTube has taught us is like, there's, you <laughs> know we, we are learning what to post and what not to post, right? Like, I think that's something that we learned along the way. And now we're like, okay, we don't post those things. but we do post this. And every now and then it's like, no, we still have to post this, even if we, even if we know we're going to have a lot of critique, right? Mm-hmm. I also think criticism from online has taught me another lesson from getting criticism. And that is that you can't take everyone's criticism. Right. Like, there's
0: going to be conflicting criticisms. There's gonna be. So you can't and, please everyone,
1: and you, or else you would drive yourself crazy trying. <laughs> you drive yourself insane trying to like actually please everybody, and it just isn't possible. So right. it's like it's weird because I feel like on the one hand I've learned this lesson of I need critique, give me critique, and I will do my best. And then on the other hand, it's like I need to know what I want in my life and how I'm going to to what I'm going to do in my life and how what my opinions are going to be because I know for a fact that not everybody has the same opinion and a lot of the time they're conflicting and it's like okay well so anyways those are the lessons I feel like I've learned from getting critiques yeah
0: good it's good and I think that's that's kind of the biggest lesson or experience that I had at the beginning of my mission was learning the 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 diving in the deep end, being a f- totally scared out of my mind about teaching, but I got to teach a lot of people. Um, and, it, and it's hard cause I want to go into the details, but it's almost like there's too many.
1: Yeah. You know, it's true because like, that's two years of your life It could be, and it's the most like action packed. Right. I two could years easily have,
0: life. you know, dozens and dozens of episodes, of, of podcasts just, just about my mission.
1: As we are talking about each of the different categories that we're gonna start ta- talking about in season three, which is just our opinions on different things and the life lessons we've learned, then start drawing from your memories, from your mission and the lessons you learned. Cause that's where you got a lot of your growth and like opinions and like, you know, you, you grew up a lot during your mission and I think that's it stands out to you as the most impactful part of your life in a lot of ways absolutely and so like let's just draw on that as we start talking about all these different other topics and you can express you know how you came to that conclusion it's probably from your mission
0: (laughs) so I don't understand what you're trying to say
1: I'm saying as we're talking about new subjects say by the way on my mission
0: so are you saying that you don't want me to talk about my mission in, in podcasts just exclusively
1: no i thought you were saying that
0: no like what i was going to say is there's so much more that i could talk about kerns in my first area my companionships that i had mm-hmm. um i think i could do many many episodes just about my mission but i think i want to try to condense it into just a few episodes okay and that's not to say that i'm going to say and oh, my mission happened and let's move on yeah right like I still want to talk about some things, but just know that I'm leaving out a lot of details, mm-hmm. a lot of personal experiences with specific families, yeah. with specific people that I taught. So I think what I want to focus on is more like the highlights, which maybe without maybe focusing so much on the individual experiences of the people that I taught. Cause I had some amazing experiences with people that I met and got to teach and it's all in my journal. Uh, Cause I kept a daily journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe we'll publish that another time or or at least maybe transcribe it for posterity or something. I don't know. Um, but those are the biggest lessons that I learned from my trainer. Um, and, and I do remember near the end of my companionship with my trainer, which we were together for three months. I remember he's like, okay, today's the day, Elder Beach, you're going to lead. What are we doing today? And I was just like, uh. Let's I, go get I remember. Candy. I remember. I suggested something, and he he was he was being critical of my reasoning, trying to help understand why I was thinking the way I was thinking or why I was wanting to do what I wanted to do. And I remember it was too hard for me to hear at this point. I still wasn't there yet, where I was accepting criticism. That took a long time. Um, and I remember just being like, "Never mind. I don't want to do it. It's too hard. It's too scary." And he's like, "No, really, you can." And I remember specifically. Sitting on the porch and not talking and ignoring him. And we really butted heads for like the entire last week of being companions. It was like really, really, we were good all the way up until the end of our companionship when he started trying to give me the reins because he was trying to prepare me for him leaving Mm -hmm. and me having a new companion. Like he was saying, okay, I'm going to be gone. You know, I'm not going to be here. So... Let's have you transition to being in charge while I am here so that I can help kind of lead. It was a good method. If you
1: could tell yourself anything, go back in time and tell yourself now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just slap in the face.
0: Uh, huh? Snap out of it. Quit being a big baby. But you know, I just had to learn in yeah. my own way. And yeah. it, it was a very painful experience and there's no way to fast forward yeah. painful Learning experiences—they mm-hmm. just have to happen or- naturally.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's hard.
0: I know. So, I—I I honestly think that just knowing that he was judging me made it so much harder to want to take control. Whereas, if I had a new companion that had no judgment, no preconceived notions, they you didn't could, know the area, they didn't know you the know, people. That's really interesting. It was a lot easier for me to be like, okay, we're going to go do this today, and they're like, okay. Versus having a companion, it like, but why? Are I you, experienced you know the exact
1: same thing from moving a million times. I, because I've always wondered, why does I, why do I feel like sometimes if I hit a plateau, I just want to move? Yeah. Like why? Why do I feel that urge inside of me? And I think it's because I also have a lot of pride when it comes to like learning in front of people, like. <laughs> progressing in front of people for them to judge me as i do it mm-hmm. and you know i i am afraid of people putting me in my box and keeping me there and i know that as i moved each time i moved when i was a kid i was like okay good now i'm gonna do this like uh, this huge change in my life enabled me to make huge changes in my <laughs> personality or in like who i the was
0: are in the new neighborhood that you're moving into. They don't know
1: who I am. They don't know what I'm like.
0: They don't know who you so were. So can
1: change and improve. Right. And they will just be like, oh, this is her from the beginning. Even though that wasn't me from the beginning. And I was taking steps to improve each time we moved. And I've done that every single time we've ever moved. We need to move again. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: (laughs) And and so every time I got a new companion or a new area, it gave me permission to change a little bit and to improve a little bit.
1: And now I think vacations do the same thing for me. Yeah. If I feel like I'm getting stagnant in my life or stuck, I'm like, I think I need a vacation. And then it, it like shakes me up enough to make me go, okay, what do I actually need to improve in my life? And then I go on vacation and come back home and I'm like re energized and ready to change. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, while we're in the topic of my first area, uh, the first transfer happened and I got a new companion and my trainer was transferred away. I stayed in the same area, but I got a new companion into my area. So now I was like, I knew the area better. I knew the people better, Uh, but I wasn't the senior companion. He was like in charge. He was the senior companion, Um, even though I knew the area better, but he had been out on his mission longer. Um, And in that companionship, like something really bad happened and I'm going to share it with you guys.
1: And I know this already, right?
0: Pretty think, sure. Yeah, I think so. Sure told, <laughs> I, I think told me you all me do. Um, so he, he had a very gray area awareness of kind of mission rules. It was like, <laughs> it, it doesn't no really matter if rules. you get up early. It doesn't really matter this. Like there were certain things that were against the rules that he would do anyway because when it came time to work, he worked hard. And thus he justified, you know, listening to unapproved music. Uh, he actually had a, a PSP, which is, like, which is like a gaming console. And he had CDs that were, not, were, that were music that we shouldn't listen to. So he had all this stuff and he basically came to me and was like, hey, I have all these things. Um, I hope you don't mind. If you aren't comfortable with it, I'll put them away. I won't use them. I won't play my video games, that's fine. I'm not going to do that during work time anyway. It was just something for me to kind of unwind. Um, he's like, I won't do it. <clears throat> but if you're okay with it, then then cool. I'm committing to continue to work hard and be a good, hardworking missionary. Huh. And so I was like, okay, that's a really interesting perspective. And I'm kind of this new missionary, not really sure how the world works. Yeah, other than what my trainer taught me, which we never did anything like that. Um, and so I was kind of like, okay, that makes sense. like, as long as we work hard, right? And we're teaching the gospel. That's what really matters. So if we're playing video games during lunch or after we're done working for the day, like that's not hurting anybody. So I kind of justified it. And I, and I was convinced that that was appropriate, that that was going to be okay for us. Uh, even though I had this nagging guilt in the back of my mind that made me feel bad every time we would play a video game or whatever. Um, but we worked hard. And then one day he said, "Other beach, I was a stand in, for this movie called the guardian and I want to go see it when it comes out in theaters this month at the end of this month. And I was like, okay, whoa, now going to a movie theater is definitely like way more serious than listening to an unapproved music as a missionary. Um, and so I was like, I do not feel comfortable with that. And he was like, I'll tell you what, we had a goal. We had a goal between our companionship to baptize five people in that month. And and he said, if we hit that goal, then we're obviously working hard. We're doing a good job as missionaries. Can we go see the movie? And I was like, okay. I was like, if we, if we exceed our goal of five baptisms this month, then yes, we'll go see the movie. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not gonna happen. There's like, there's no way, like that was a really lofty goal. Most of my, most of my mission, I think I averaged about two baptisms a month and our goal was five, and so I was like, "It's not gonna happen. We're gonna work hard." And he was like, really working hard because he wanted to hit that goal to go see the movie that he got to be able to to film. Well, the end of the month came, and we had had seven baptisms. Wow, well,
1: that that's what you call motivation. I guess.
0: <laughs> Good we or had bad. seven baptisms, and so I was like, "Well, Elder, I promise that if we exceeded our goal, which we did." That we would go see this movie together. And so a member in the area that it was a friend of ours came and picked us up and took us to go see the movie, and it was a great movie. And then we came home and I just felt so guilty. Mm. I felt so guilty. And like what
1: was the was it rated R? No. It it was just PG-13.
0: It wasn't even a bad movie. Yeah. I just felt guilty because I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing that. I broke a rule. And I was like this whole time, we'd been together for six weeks at this point, maybe five weeks at this point we'd been together. And every day I'd, we were listening to music we weren't supposed to listen to. We were playing video games during lunch and breakfast and after work for the day. We were working hard and we were doing good missionary work, but we went to go see this movie and I was just feeling riddled with all this guilt from all the bad things that I was doing. And I would finally had enough, but I didn't feel like I could talk to my companion about it because...
1: He would justify. He
0: would, he would try to explain away to me and justify it. And I was already feeling guilty. I didn't need someone to justify it. I needed someone to be like, you're right, that was wrong, let's not do it. Yeah. Instead of, but come on, it's not bad. Like we're not, yeah. you know what you I mean? You were
1: tired of hearing that. I was tired like, of hearing, I'm, I'm it's okay. I'm ready to do the right thing.
0: Exactly. And so I call. I, I was on s- exchanges with the zone leader. And so I was with one of the zone leaders and the other zone leader was with, with my companion. And they were in their area and I was in my area. And I, I just said to the zone leader, I was like, I have to be honest. I have to confess, I've, this is all that we've been doing. I told them everything and then I felt really guilty. And I told them why, I was like, we had a goal of five baptisms, we did seven. I was like, we worked very, very hard. Like I told them the whole truth and, uh, th- and that I was just ready to stop doing that and I needed help. And uh, so he talked to the mission president who called us both in for a a special interview. Um, And we were like a couple days away from transfers. And we almost had an emergency transfer where we were like, okay, separate you and your companion immediately. Um, But anyway, my companion got in big trouble from the mission president. What does that look like? He just got chewed out. Like our mission president was very, very, very strict. And I got in trouble too but it was more lenient on me because I was a junior companion and because I was a younger missionary. And
1: because you were the one that came to him, probably.
0: Probably. Um, I, I had the repercussions of that last my entire mission.
1: Yeah, that's frustrating.
0: Because of that one thing that I had done, I had this reputation of being disobedient and mm-hmm. not following the rules. And so for the entire next year of my mission, I never got to be a trainer I never got to be a district leader I never got to even be senior companion uh, because not there was this stigma on companion? me not even senior companion for a year because I oh, had Oh, but
1: you did eventually before eventually you home. but okay, the only lying. reason
0: it changed is because my mission president changed yep and I honestly believe that yeah but that mission president I don't think he I liked didn't me like you I don't think he ever liked me after that and it, it kind of followed with me I never felt forgiven by mm. him, yeah. Because I never got to move past that, even though I was stopped doing those things. Yeah, it was kind of sad, and it just—it was a hard lesson that I had to learn by making the wrong choice. But having gone through that, I learned the hard way. But I did learn, and I did repent because I never did it again. Yeah, and I and I would would never do it again given the opportunity, because I just it, it was like. I don't need to learn that lesson twice. Yeah. You know. Anyway, that was my first area. And then after that, I was transferred out of that area. How
1: many different areas did you have on your mission?
0: Uh, Kearns, South Jordan, Taylorsville, Draper, West Jordan. Five Five areas.
1: You're going to have to do two of them in the next podcast.
0: I can do that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well that was it for this episode covered the full, whole first area and a, and a lot of other fun stuff there's so much more that I could talk about but I think that's the highlights the, yeah. the, the real takeaways hopefully you guys got some benefit from the hard lessons that I had to learn uh, maybe it's, it'll help you guys on your journey through life to to help progress and learn those hard lessons
1: cool I like it
0: we'll see you guys next week Okay. bye! <laughs>